0: I don't know what that
1: indeed there are more questions than answers like does a dog's lips move when it reads (laughs) hi america hello world i like that my name is adrian lee and i am your (laughs) host welcome to the show more questions than answers the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world each week my guests and i will search the world's newspapers websites and tv shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment from the room next door so snuggle under your covers turn out your light and hold on tight the rules are very simple points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror extra points will be available for shock and awe value Tell me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates i will employ what i've called the inappropriate bell an example of this would be the panel have no idea what's coming i have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show and we are completely live and unedited what could possibly go wrong let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel Firstly, the mysterious and adolescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather discovered this week that bacteria that causes tooth decay, acne, tuberculosis and leprosy can be cured with cashew nuts. How do they know that?
0: How do is that they know true? it is
1: true I tell you. And how is it administered? How is that even possible?
0: Oh, I can't say that. It's not the right time of the show.
1: Cashew suppository, madam. <laughs> I guess we should all be grateful that it's not walnuts. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hello. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim found this week that attics were invented in Attica. Welcome to the show, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I will give points straight off the bat to the person who can tell me where Attica actually is. In fact, the closest. I will go with the closest. So I will start with Nathan. Where's Attica?
0: Upstate New York.
1: Upstate New York. Heather.
0: No idea. I, can don't e- I
1: can't name even... a country. Any country. You've had a minute. Canada. To think, Canada. Fabulous.
2: Can Kim. I just say Europe?
1: <laughs> that isn't a country, but if Greg doesn't get any closer, you've won. Greg, where <laughs> is France? France. So now what do I do? Because it's actually in Greece. Attica Ooh. is in Greece, and that is, of course,. In Europe, although at the moment the Europeans wish it probably wasn't. <laughs> and Kim is quite close. Kim is quite, Kim is quite close with Europe. And Greg, I shall give you a point for saying France. So Kim and Greg are off to an early start. But it's true Attica is in Greece and Attics are named after it. I then looked up Spare Roomville, but apparently that doesn't exist <laughs> finally on tonight's show i wish to introduce the calm and unflappable greg gore he's married to kim and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert he owns and operates more cameras and leads than the bbc outside broadcast department he is also a sound engineer and producer greg spent all week in the hot tub with a sheep to see if it would shrink welcome to the show Greg. (laughs) (laughs) well at least that's what he told kim we are series two episode 23 some weeks there are numbers as you know i like to do a little piece now where i talk about how special the number is and 23 you think there's not much for 23 some weeks I look up, last week for example, I looked up 22 and the fascinating fact about 22 was it comes between 21 and 23. And I'm thinking (laughs) this isn't entertainment. People aren't going to sit at home listening to this as entertainment. So I was a bit down on my luck. I thought 23, that's not going to be a very good number. By Jove, I have pages of things. I'm not going to read them all out. But 23 apparently is actually a very interesting number. Julius Caesar, was stabbed 23 times in the film jeepers creepers the creeper appears every 23 years for 23 days to feast on human flesh i feel like sleeping for 23 years after i visited the all you can eat buffet at the jackson casino i find buffets at casinos very odd i don't know if you've had this experience you can go up as many times as you like right there's no limit on how many times you can go up why is it that when I'm sat there eating my dinner, I can see people coming back and they have balanced plates like Mount Everest. You know, there's a flag in the top and it's balanced. You've got all the food types all together in one big pile and it's quivering. This big mass of food going up in a pyramid. They've put tomatoes in their pockets just to get them back to the (laughs) table. You can go up as many times as you want.
0: What is your experience at a casino when you asked for a vegetable?
1: I went along the entire line. Apparently, the all-you-can-eat buffet at the casino just surrounds the idea of having as many different types of brown food on your plate as possible so i went up and down the line half a dozen times i asked the chef if there was any possibility there was 500 yards of food at this casino i asked if there was a possibility i could have a vegetable There was not a single vegetable along that entire all-you-can-eat buffet. And he looked at me as if I was speaking Russian, like I had to explain what a vegetable was. Do you know what his response was? (laughs) He he pointed to the baked beans and said, there you go. And I'm like... (laughs) But beans aren't a vegetable. It's a pulse, sir. And uh, we'd, we'd gone outside of his comfort zone at that point. But it's true, remarkably enough. In the film, The Matrix Reloaded, the architect tells Neo to choose 23 people to repopulate Zion. I don't know why 23, if you're going to repopulate an area 23 means someone's going to be unlucky do you see what i'm saying you're going to get the guy sat in the corner with the ginger hair who studied maths you know without a partner or there could be a very lucky woman either way it seems a very odd number 23 is the atomic mass number of stable isotope sodium which of course is salt david beckham's number when he played for the la galaxy was 23 because three is a very lucky number in japanese culture so two lots of three is two lots of luck and they sold a lot of shirts in the far east finally and again there are points to be going here 23 wedding anniversary what present do you think and whoever gets the closest mineral vegetable whatever gets closest i will give the points to your 23rd wedding anniversary you should give your loved ones the gift of silk silk i think that's early on in the day i think silk might be second or third You know, you're looking at sexy lingerie for your second or third year at marriage.
0: Your thoid year. Your thoid year. (laughs) Thoid.
1: Nathan, what are you thinking at here for a wedding gift for your 23rd wedding anniversary? A kick
0: up the keister.
1: A kick up the backside. I think they can be given free at any time. But if you want to wrap that up, specially for the 23rd, I'm sure she'd appreciate that. Kim, any suggestions for 23rd? A clock. A clock. Again, I think clocks are very early on in the proceedings. That might be five years, I suspect. Greg. a a vegetable a mineral anything tim canada um (laughs) apparently it's silver plate which i find very odd because the 25th wedding anniversary is silver
0: yeah that's so two years
1: before that the 23rd you're getting silver plate it's almost like you haven't quite reached it yet but we'll give you some silver plate can you imagine
2: Tin is it. Yeah.
1: You said Canada. How dare you? No, you said Canada. I said 10. <laughs> that is true. Greg's <laughs> running to an outstanding lead on two points. We haven't actually started the show yet. The 24th wedding present, I'm going to take away from that 24th show now, is actually a musical instrument. So congratulations, sweetheart. Here's a piccolo. I was thinking <laughs> that if the same rules apply two years previous to the musical instrument on the 24th, you should be getting like a kazoo or a harmonica just to slowly build up to that. Do you see what I'm saying? You go kazoo <laughs> on the 23rd, and when it comes to the 24th, you know, you go full-blown cello at that point is what I'm suggesting. I want to remind our listeners that we archive all of our shows on SoundCloud. So if you st- wish to catch up with the shows over the last two and a half years, if you go to SoundCloud and type in MQ ta radio all of our shows are on there for your perusal any time of the night or day you can hear my dulcet tones and the madness that surrounds me with the retrobates i have to put up with on a regular basis you can see all of our stories and all of our shows on facebook as well if you go to more questions and answers with adrian lee on facebook you will find all of tonight's stories are much much more inglorious technicolor I also want to mention that I am currently on Twitter. We have 60,000 followers on Twitter, Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And again, we have fabulous stories and lots on there. So thank you for all those people that are following me. I must mention before we sprint into the show with our flashlight and our blinking K2 meter for our round of ghosts and hauntings that we investigated in Iowa last weekend. We were in a place called Toledo which is in the middle slightly to the right of Iowa, in a place called the Wheating Theatre. This is a fabulous building, one of the oldest cinemas and theatres in the whole of the Midwest. It was built in 1912. I wanted to see what films were even playing in 1912. And you're looking at films with Mary Pickford in and Lionel Barrymore and the like. Laurel and Hardy didn't start till the mid-20s. Charlie Chaplin didn't start to about 1919, 1920. Buster Keaton didn't start to about 1918. This is four five six years before any of those stars even got going it's quite remarkable they were showing films that early but it's a fabulous cinema it's got a fantastic greek classical revival outside it's got all the columns the ionic columns it's got the pediment all looks very fabulous you go inside it's lots of sage green decorations there's paintings of laurel leaves all around the walls to represent assiduity and uh, the everlasting nature of that theater for staying around for so long it's got the red plush velvet seats the stage it looks fantastic and we investigated this building so i want to before i start talking about that investigation just give a shout out to sarah and adam at c paranormal that's S E E paranormal based in iowa for letting us tag along with your team we had a fabulous time so thank you for that and i want to give a shout out as well to the board that welcomed us with open arms and uh, especially denise for their fabulous uh, hospitality That's the word I'm searching for. So we investigated this building. We went till late in the morning, of course. And Heather, what did you think of that investigation? What things came along that you want to bring up? Just to talk about that particular paranormal investigation.
0: Well, it's always fun to investigate. But um, one of the things that I had fun with was when we were investigating the basement and we were actually in two separate rooms. What do you call the one would be like a green room or a room yeah, that was got a, ready?
1: There was a green room for the actors to get ready. There was mirrors and the, the smell of the crowd and the roar of the grease paint. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: sure. And then there was a room behind that um, that was somewhat more um, desolate and dark. It was a
1: coal bunker. That's right. Yeah, th-
0: th- that's pretty much what it looked like. Um, but it also had names scribbled, if you remember, in graffiti and... and People putting, you know, what year it was. And uh it was kind of damp and dank. It's a
1: basement in a 1912 building with a stream going underneath it. So it was everything but, you but would have There hope was an oriental
0: a- rug in the green room, you know, even though that was part of the basement. There was. So we put part of my team in the green room and part of my team in the dank part. And when we were sitting in the darkness, it actually seemed like. Um, Uh, We do use flashlights as trigger objects, and I know there's some controversy that surrounds that, but we do have fun with it because it just kind of verifies some activity that's going on. We're not going to say it is activity, but it kind of verifies other things that are happening.
1: Well, the difference, what we do, is the fact that you'd have a series of flashlights and you'd ask them to put specific ones on and then turn specific ones off so it's on command as a stimulus and response. The problem I have with flashlights is you're holding them in your hand It's the same temperature as your body. The the flashlight becomes body temperature. You then adjust it so it's slightly turned off you know just on the verge of turning on again you then place it on a cold basement concrete floor and lo and behold 10 minutes later it contracts the contact is made and the flashlight comes on so when we do use flashlights we keep them off the floor we put them on tripods we rest them on furniture we make sure they don't come into contact with the ground and we put laser thermometers on them and we check what temperatures they are and whether that temperature is changing which can affect the readings because we don't want any false positives i guess
0: Well, what we did is we actually had one flashlight in the green room and one flashlight, I'll just call it the dank room. I told Sarah, who was sitting in the other room, that I feel like there's something in the room there with you. And all of a sudden, the flashlight in her room came on. And then I felt like it was coming into our room. And all of a sudden, her flashlight went off, mine went on. Now this cycled around for probably about five minutes where it seemed like it was running in a circle because it it had the ability to do that because there was an entrance and an exit door. So it was just this huge circle that went around and the flashlight did that quite a bit where it would come on in one room and off in the other and it it was fabulous. Another little instance that was actually funny um, is we were up in the balcony of the theater and Sarah's stepson, Sarah and Adam's son, uh, Kobe, Uh, was up there and he yawned, the biggest yawn.
1: To be fair, this was now about half past five in the morning, right?
0: Yeah, it was, it was, he just did the big yawn and I said, Oh, that was Kobe. He was yawning. It's because we're so exciting. And at that moment, I had switched on the shack hack and the first thing out of it was, and justifiably so. And then we just (laughs) rolled. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well you have to own your noises you know when when you're doing an investigation if you've st- chair squeaks or your stomach rumbles or you have hiccups or sniff you own the noise and uh, he he was owning the noise and we said oh that's kobe yawning to so have a ghost then come through and say and justifiably so even the ghosts were bored with our paranormal investigation <laughs> this is where we are I, I
0: actually let you hear that and it was fabulous wasn't it it's
1: very unusual to get such a clear sentence come through normally you get snippets of words like a little ransom note but that was actually a clear sentence going through the white noise or like a meta-narrative so that was fun i'm not sure i can use that in the book i'm writing but it did make me smile (laughs) (laughs) isn't it interesting that some of the best evidence and interactions is when you're not actually concentrating on the investigation and you're just having a chat amongst yourself in between the vigils or you're just having a bit of light banter i mean these are um human spirits so there is humanity about them they like to laugh they like to joke they like to flirt the same as we do and uh i find that remarkable that did make me smile perhaps we can play that on next week's show and we can put that together because i'd like our listeners to hear that i had three incidents on this investigation at the Whiting Theatre. And it is a non-profit organisation. If people wish to support that, they can go online. It must be one of the oldest theatres still in existence in the Midwest. It's a fabulous building. So if people go to their websites and support them, I'm sure they'd appreciate that. But there was an incident. I had the shack hat on, but also psychically, I thought I saw the name of a guy come through whose name was Peter. So I wrote that down psychically before we started any sessions with any equipment. We then turned on the ghost box, the shack hack, and I heard the name Peter Cooper come through. And apparently there is a Cooper family in town, and at the moment I'm currently um, looking to talk to them to find out if they had relatives in the area by the name of Peter Cooper. So it was interesting I got that name come through. What then happened that I don't recall ever happening before in any investigations I've done in this country is that your team Mm -hmm. then came down from investigating another part of the building. You were up by the projection booth up in the balcony and I was down in the basement at that stage. When you were doing the plenary between the vigils and he was talking about the evidence and the things that happened to you, it was then mentioned that in your vigil on your equipment you also got the name Peter Cooper come through which is remarkable if you're looking to corroborate evidence psychically I thought there was a guy called Peter I wrote that down on my pad before we even started with the equipment the ghost box then said Peter Cooper I'm Peter Cooper and we had a conversation he said he was 21 we had a chat and then to find that during the same period of time your team then came down and also had the same name on your equipment is being corroborated in three separate places in two different parts of the building on two separate vigils at the same time. I have known that, Answers to my questions have been heard by other teams. There's been occasions, the Manterville Theatre in Minnesota, for example. I remember asking a question in the basement. Another team in another part of the building then got the answer. And we only realised when we got back together at the end of the vigil that my questions had been answered in a different part of the building. But it was fabulous for me to get that name come through in two separate places with three different ways of doing that and we will track this guy down i will find this guy and uh, we'll corroborate that with history i thought that was uh, fabulous secondly when i was up in the balcony area i had a gentleman came through i said who's there and he said his name's manny and i said so that's short for manfred and he went no i said is that short for a and he said yes and i said well what did you used to do for a job and he said i'm a soldier and then he mentioned the word fault And uh, then he mentioned, I said to him, what do you miss most about being alive? And he said, I miss my mother. And I said, what's your mother's name? And he said, I thought he said Marie, but I'm going to have to go back and check that now. This only happened, of course, um, the weekend, last weekend. So I've not gone over all my evidence yet. What I then discovered was, uh, this is a huge piece of uh, research for me, because uh, with Sarah's help, we went through every soldier that had been involved in any any conflict in the entire history of Iowa. So I looked through every um, civil war record for the whole of Iowa, for any troop that had served in Iowa for the civil war. And I'm just looking for the first name, Emmanuel. I, I don't even know the guy's second name. We then went through the First World War, the Second World War, Vietnam, Korea. We found him. In the First World War, there was a gentleman called Emmanuel Dvorak, and he was born in Tamar County, which is where the Toledo Um, town is and where the theater is of course on that document it said that his parents were called mary and joseph rather ironically so his mother was mary and he told me his mother was mary so already i'm looking at that as corroboration he then said that he was based out of Fort dodge and I had the fault come through, and there was a lot of evidence. It also mentioned the name Elsie on one of the investigations. Looking at the census records, Elsie was his daughter, so I'm confident I've got this ghost and I've got this spirit, and he died quite close to the town of Toledo as well, so I'm confident. You get given the name Emmanuel, and I used to be a soldier, and then on the back of that, I found the guy. he, He served in the First World War. If anyone wants to look him up, if they look up Emmanuel Dvorak, And they write Tamar County, T-A-M-A. And they look that up on a word search. They will find a photograph of him here and now. And you can look him up and see the ghost that I actually had an interaction with um, at the weekend. The only other thing I want to mention is that the theatre is named after the uh, the Wheating family. Ella Wheating and uh, Philip Wheating. And Ella back in 1912, decided for her husband's memorial, because he died, she would donate theatres to three towns across the country they used to live in. So Ella Wheating was expected to be haunting this building. And there has been hauntings going on there. There's been footsteps across the stage. The volunteers and the, the cast members have said they felt cold entities. They've had light bulbs thrown at them. And they've all attributed this to the ghost of Ella. And I just sat there thinking, oh, what if we don't get Ella? What if she's not here? You know, it'll be disappointing for the, for the theatre and the board of trustees. And when I was talking to these spirits, I asked if Ella was still around. And they said no. And I said, did Ella used to haunt this building? And they said yes. And we had a discussion. It turns out that the ghosts that were there that I was interacting with said that Ella used to be there in spirit. But she's not there anymore. And when I probed a bit further and interviewed them a bit more, they basically said that she's run out of energy. She just hasn't got any more energy to be there anymore. So the the grisly facts are that you could actually die twice. You can die physically. And then apparently you can die in spirit as well, because if it requires energy to... Create footsteps to open doors to flick light switches on and off to be able to manifest and be physical at some point. That energy has to dissipate, and if you're not getting it from anywhere else, eventually you're going to earth yourself and you're just going to run out of energy and you disappear. Apparently, so that's where we're going to. I don't want to make everyone miserable, but there is the genuine possibility now that you could actually die twice once physically and then again in spirit. So we don't all have that. It to look forward to so a big thank you to everyone at the waiting theater and i look forward to going back there very shortly we run into the round that is ghosts and hauntings greg has stormed into a lead on two points kim has one and heather and myself are yet to score i have a story here that says does soldiers ghosts snapped in a haunted pub prove ancient boozer has spooky spirits on offer The ghost of an English Civil War soldier has been spotted in a historic pub said to be haunted. At least that's according to the boozer's landlord, a self-confessed sceptic. Non-believer Mike Wallace runs Ye old White Hart in Hull, East Yorkshire. And he says the grainy image said to show a sneaky Civil War cavalier earwigging on plans to snub King James I has left him struggling for a rational explanation. He said, I am quite sceptical about this kind of thing but there are some things you just can't explain. The spooky snap was taken by a punter at the Clairvoyant Night. This is a guy who's a non-believer. He runs the pub, but he's running a Clairvoyant Night, apparently. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure how that works. So this is, in fact, promoting their Clairvoyant Night. So what a piece of luck that a ghost turned up must be true. It appears to show the side of a profile of a man with long hair and a moustache, the look favoured by Cavaliers loyal to King Charles I during the 17th century. Ye Olde White Hart is best known as the location of a meeting in 1642 between the Governor of Hull, Sir John Hotham, and the burghers, during which they agreed to refuse King Charles I entry into the city. This act of defiance hatched in the so-called plotting room on the first floor of the pub was one of the incidents that sparked the civil war. Mike, who has run the pub with his wife Kerry and daughter Jess since 2009, said this is a new one for us. Since taking over the pub, there have been several spooky occurrences that have left Mike and his family struggling for a rational explanation. He said in January at about eleven thirty a.m. Just ran out from behind the bar shouting, "Dad, Dad, come and have a look at this!" There were six punters all sat with open mouths and a set of keys hanging from a hook behind the bar that was swinging. I checked for a draught, but there was nothing. It was ice cold as if we had stood next to an air conditioning unit. The punters supped up and left in a hurry. Jess said her son Bobby has also experienced the ghostly goings on. She said, I went into the bedroom above the pub, and he said, shut the door mummy, he can see me. I asked who, and he replied, the man, but there was no one there. Clairvoyant Netty, who hosted the pub's event, said she thinks the photograph is a genuine ghost sighting. But luckily for punters, he's a friendly ghost. The pub dates back to the 15th hundreds if people wish to see that photograph of the cavalier ghost haunting the pub from the 1650s they can go to my facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee and they can see that ghost for themselves i actually investigated the town i used to live in for a while back in britain was called amt hill it's in bedfordshire and Ampt hill in saxon literally means anthill. And I did have a lot of ants in my garden, this is very true. But there's a pub there called the White Hart, which has the same name as this pub in Hull. And I did an investigation there. But the interesting thing about this pub is a similar thing happened. During the Civil War in the 1660s, the soldiers and the generals met in the pub. It's amazing, isn't it, that we have pubs that go back to the 1640s, very casually spoken there. But they had a meeting in the pub to discuss their battle plans, how they were going to fight King Charles I and uh, the army the monarch army and they left their signatures on the fireplace they all wrote graffiti they wrote their names all the generals wrote their names on the chimney stack and if you go into that pub now their names are still there you can see the graffiti some of those generals died in battle of course so it's a remarkable piece of history you go into the pub and there's the names of the generals that took place in the battle there for the civil war and they wrote their names in the pub wall just before they went off into battle. I like the idea of discussing plans for a battle sat in a pub with a pint of beer. Sounds very civilized, doesn't it? (laughs) Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings?
0: Well, I have a ghostly figure that was photographed at Newark Castle. Newark? Yeah. A visitor to the ruins of a Scottish castle managed to capture the image of a mysterious figure. Paranormal enthusiast Lenny Lowe had been visiting the ruins of Newark Castle with his partner Ruth Sinclair Case when he spotted something unusual in one of his photographs. The unexplained extra can be seen facing away from the camera on the far right side of the image. One of the most interesting things about the photo is that the doorway that the figure appears to be entering, which is now fenced off, was once the castle's storeroom with a kitchen being next door. I have actually seen this photo, and it does... Theoretically look legit. I mean, it's something, um, that reminds me of when we were in long prairie and i had taken the picture of that man in the mirror
1: yes the it's ghostly an, man looking yeah, back at you in the mirror
0: it's something that you have to look for but once you see it the detail is there it's so minute in the figure it's not like those ghost photographs or the ghost apps where it's just blatantly you know there's, there's takes a little
1: dickensian fo- boy yeah, kind of yeah. out of uh, sync with everything else are you still putting your stories on twitter by the way i am now i'm not allowed to see what stories you've got and i don't show anyone else we don't look at each other's stories we're looking at this fresh we've no idea what's coming but heather thought it was a good idea to promote her stories separately so people can see what i'm going to be getting and uh you have that on a twitter account i believe i've not looked at it i don't i don't go and look
0: uh yes i think i have a majority of the stories and some obscure ones that i might use or might not use and i think i don't remember what my name is i think it's heather tips (laughs) (laughs)
1: Great. So if you can be bothered to go searching for someone called Heather on Twitter, I don't think there'll be too many.
0: Anyway, the photograph says it looks like a woman with her sleeves rolled up in a busy-like manner, said Lowe. Being a 100 yards from the sea, it's more likely to be a fisherman's wife, one who spent time gutting the fish. I don't know what that has to do with anything. It seems
1: a very odd jump to make. the suddenly I, yeah. you've got a profession and a whole backstory
0: there. A Newark Castle itself actually dates back to the 13th century and was rebuilt several times. The current ruins are what's left of what was constructed under the ownership of David Leslie in the 17th century and the Sandalands family who owned the estate during the 15th century. These days, the ruined stonework is considered to be one of Scotland's most haunted attractions. So
1: what does it actually look like? What are we looking at here? Is it like a solid 3D person with colour or is it see-through? Is it maybe diaphanous?
2: Oh, no, you didn't.
0: (laughs) Three
1: points. (laughs) fabulous
2: it's mqta heather yeah
1: okay a- a- any point, so we've just thrown four <laughs> different there will be people all over twitter wondering why six thousand people heather. have suddenly oh. what are we actually going to settle with here what are we going to go with
0: uh, mqta heather M-Q-T-A yeah M-Q-T-A that-
1: heather, you've had a sentient <laughs> moment of sobriety and you've suddenly realized yes, your it, that- twitter account that was
0: a forehead slap by the way but yes uh the photograph what is it again mqta, M-Q-T-A and they heather heather
1: and they will find your stories for yes, the week no then?
0: underscore is all one word there we go um, but the photograph actually does look like the back of someone walking into a building, so I, I would say it is in color, in three D. I don't think it's an app. Okay. I don't.
1: Well, people can go and have a look at that, of course. If you go to Heather's Twitter account, <laughs> 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 Pfft, any one of the four, it will be there somewhere. I'm going
0: to have to create sure. other accounts just so they. Can I'm see only going to give
1: you one point for not even knowing what your Twitter account is. This is appalling. I've got a story here that says ghost film floating over a baby's cot as shocked dad checks on his eight-week-old daughter. This is a moment a ghostly light was filmed floating over a baby's cot as a shock dad checked on his eight-week-old child. The recording, made by a baby monitor, shows Jonathan Murphy, 32, leaning over baby Rosie after entering her room earlier this evening. As he does so, a misty white light appears in the top left-hand part of the screen before a distinctive white orb shape begins to float to and from over Rosie. At one point, the orb passes very close to Mr. Murphy during the spooky incident at their home in Consett, County Durham. Mr. Murphy said that he had gone up to check on the baby when he first noticed the white light. It's interesting that he noticed the white light in the room. It wasn't just seen on the baby monitor. He was actually seeing the white light as an orb um, over the child. It was a very interesting piece of evidence there, if anyone missed that. After coming downstairs, he and his partner, Victoria Snowden, 22, watched the recording on the monitor, which confirmed what they had seen. He said, the first thing I thought was, is that it's a ghost. I know it seems like a joke, but it's inexplicable." we still don't know what it could be no cars were passing by and we keep the room dark mr murphy a betting shop manager went back upstairs and watched the video and saw the light was still there It must have lasted about a minute to a minute and a half in total he said he said the couple were completely freaked out by what they had seen victoria was reluctant to let me take the baby back upstairs again he said she was even more worried than me miss snowden said i wish i'd got my camera quicker because it was there before we had a chance to take any photographs and it definitely wasn't a reflection or anything i've never believed in ghosts or anything like that just have no idea what it could be we are all a bit creeped out and again if people wish to see the footage of that ghostly orb circling that baby in that cot. it is on my facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee and it's very interesting that he saw the lights in real time and then realized that he'd captured them on the baby monitor and that's when he went and looked at that it wasn't the other way round that he saw the lights on the monitor he saw them in real time and thought oh i'm videoing this right we'll have to go and have a look so i don't know if anyone else has seen that but it's just a series of lights very strangely dancing over this baby it's quite remarkable little fairies little fairy lights kim what if? you got for me in the round tonight of ghosts and hauntings
2: tv crew films ghost in tutbury castle a mysterious shadow was picked up on camera during filming for a new paranormal investigation tv series the clip which was posted online as a promotion for new show the past hunters features co-director bex palmer and controversial medium derek akora during an investigation of a notoriously haunted castle in staffordshire england As the pair discuss what took place in the castle's past, Palmer suddenly gasps and points over towards the wall where the shadow of what looks like a human figure can be seen. A few moments later, the shadow then seems to move towards the left and vanish, much to the surprise of the crew. The curator, Leslie Smith, mentioned a shadowy figure later on, and when we told her what we'd seen, it completely matched up, said Palmer. She was just as excited as us that we'd captured it on camera. We couldn't stop talking about it for weeks afterwards. Tetbury Castle is often regarded as one of the most haunted buildings in England, with visitors frequently reporting everything from mysterious footsteps to sightings of ghostly apparitions. We normally like to try and debunk things that we see because we still sit on the fence when it comes to ghosts, but we don't think there's any other explanation for what we saw, said Palmer.
1: It's an interesting piece of footage. What I would say, again, if people wish to see that, they can go to uh, More Questions and Answers with Adrian on Facebook. It's an interesting piece of footage. I think I could debunk this to a degree. I think it looks like someone walking in front of an IR light. Do you know when you put out your cameras and they use infrared technology? We also have almost like slave lights that you attach around the room and it illuminates the room. You can't see that. It still looks dark, right? Right. But you have... An IR light separate to the camera that illuminates the area that the infrared camera is looking into. So you can still have shadows. You can still have infrared light bouncing around, but you can't see it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it looks to me as if they have a separate IR light adjacent to the camera and one of the crew or one of the presenters has stepped in front of the IR light. So they're seeing it in the dark. But you're getting on the camera a shadow going across the room in a humanoid state because it's still casting a shadow Mm -hmm. that can only be picked up by an infrared light so i don't know people have to look at it i mean it does look like a ghostly shadow it's obviously a humanoid shape and it's walking across the back wall now whether that's a ghost or not remains to be seen but i'm making a suggestion if people look at that and they can write to me and, and tell me what they think their experiences are of that for example if ladies wear earrings for example or jewelry on a paranormal investigation even though the room's pitch black the ir cameras and the ir lights are still flashing light into that room and on a radiation level we can't actually pick up with our own eyes so an ir light could be bouncing a reflection from your earrings all the way around the room and the ir camera looks like orbs for example does that all make sense yes Yes. so i would go and have a look at that and see what you think but i did think that looked like a ghostly encounter and the woman's reaction is fabulous it's worth seeing it just for the way the woman grabs onto Derek akora and actually wets her pants at that stage (laughs) we run into the round that is ufos and crypto zoology greg is currently on two points i'm on five heather is on one and kim is on three we're going to jump straight in to ufos it's green men and hairy beasties man photographs alien peering through his window leaving him stunned and terrified This is the alien at the window shot that one man said has left him stunned and terrified. The snapper took the startling image at his home in Virginia, sending it to the Mutual UFO Network. He asked not to be named. The 57-year-old says he took the photograph to show the grey alien looking through the living room window in southwest Virginia. The anonymous man said he caught the alien peeping on July 30th. I have a picture of a grey alien that I took last night, he told the website, which investigates spooky goings-on. The picture was taken around 2am at the living room window of my home. It reveals a transparent shape with its arms held horizontally at the elbow. There is an oval-shaped face on the right side of the image, standing next to the reflection of a red object. You have to look close at the picture, but it's there, he said. The grey had big eyes and was about four feet tall probably dopey from the uh snow white is what i am dopey staring through the window he must be about four foot tall mustn't he with a big bulbous bald head and big eyes it's dopey from snow white i tell you he's had a rough night out with the boys he's stumbling home at two o'clock in the morning looking a bit worse for wear he also took a different picture where he says you can observe an unhuman like fingerprint on another window surely how can you have an unhuman fingerprint that's an oxymoron isn't it because to have a fingerprint i guess makes you a hominid Do monkeys have fingerprints research has to be done there are indeed more questions than answers if a monkey ever holds up a bank i'm sure it should be wearing gloves the man who claims to have been dealing with alien problems all his life said that the picture is 100 percent real and that it's not been photoshopped he's now asking for help dealing with these beings he says they keep seeing him in the house all day long i've been scratched and needle pricked several times. I've had handprints on my chest after waking up. Kim, have had handprints on your chest after waking up? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I've had problems since I was eight, and I am no longer afraid of them. But I would like to get some help if there's any there. Again, that photograph of that grey alien poking his head through the window is available. It almost looks to me like someone's put their face against a window. And you know, your skin, the grease of your face, the dead skin leaves a pattern on the window that you can then see years after the event does that make sense so i wonder if it's kind of distorted because someone's pressed their face against the window to look through at some point in the last 10 years and then he took the photograph and due to the marks on the window um it's come through but people can have a look at that it does actually look like a gray but you can distort your face in such a way that if it just catches the top of your head as you put your head against the window it could actually do that you're looking at me as if i'm mad like you've never put your face against the window just my nose just your chest (laughs) um it's remarkable I, i think it looks like an alien but we this guy's been living with them all his life apparently so i shall give myself a hefty number of points as we move further into the show heather what have you got for me tonight in the round of cryptozoology and ufos
0: i got something big and furry
1: fabulous it's not nathan then
0: <laughs>
1: oh controversial oh, ouch. lucky my attorney's not here
0: <laughs> werewolf photograph has brazilian city on alert
1: Wow. If you, have, if you gave a Brazilian to a werewolf, that would be a lot of waxing, wouldn't it, at that stage? It
0: would be. You'd yep. end up
1: with a scarf for all the family for Christmas. There you go. What have you got for me this year? I've got you a nice woolly scarf,
0: <laughs> but it looks like a wax strip. A photograph making the rounds is purported to be a werewolf caught by a security camera in Salandia, a city east-central Brazil. The creature was allegedly seen by numerous witnesses, and the picture was accompanied with a warning to be careful because it might be a werewolf. It might be a werewolf.
1: Be careful, it could be a werewolf. (laughs) That's right. You never know. Get your silver bullets ready.
0: Brazil is actually one of South American countries known for believing that a human can become a werewolf if he's the seventh male child of the same father and mother. Some so there
1: are some rules involved then. Yeah. I thought it was just a case of if you got bitten by one.
0: Uh, no, apparently you can just turn into one. Some believe the change takes place when the boy turns 13.
1: Seven. So the, the father's got to have seven sons?
0: Yes, and the seventh wow. one is damned. Some believe the change takes place when the boy turns 13. Did oh. you
1: have a change take place, Greg, when you was 13? <laughs> Yay! Greg doesn't know whether to answer yes or no. I should give myself points.
0: <laughs> Variations have this happening on a Friday during Lent or on Friday the 13th during a full moon and only for two hours from midnight to 2 a.m. There's so a lot of very-
1: rules here, isn't there? You've really got to nail this down. Haven't you? You've got a small window of opportunity if you want to be a Brazilian werewolf. A lot of things have got to fall into place, haven't
0: they? Yes. It'd be easier
1: for the Minnesota Vikings to win the Super Bowl at this stage.
0: (laughs) Since this is not Lent and there hasn't been a Friday the 13th lately, the creature is probably not a 13-year-old going through one weird puberty.
1: Weird puberty? That one minute you're 13 and you're you're smooth and the next minute you're looking like a werewolf?
0: Yes. He's hairy like animal.
1: Good, baby. Very good.
0: But that doesn't mean Brazilians don't believe it could still be a werewolf. Earlier this year in April, another picture appeared on the Internet showing what some believe to be the body of a werewolf, Sasquatch or Dogman, oh, found so any in straight, northeast pick one. Brazil. The body allegedly disappeared quickly before any analysis could be performed. No further news was reported, causing some to suspect a cover-up.
1: It's Sasquatch on holiday. He's taking the kids. To Brazil. The wife's in a bikini. They're all on the beach. She's drinking tequila. Everyone's having fun. I don't know what the fuss is about. Sasquatch need vacations too.
0: Yes. So, needless to say, Brazilians, and especially the residents of these towns, um, are always on their guard, especially around 13-year-old boys. Wow.
1: Well, it's useful information. You can't say this show isn't informative and practical. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology?
2: Turkmenistan's gates of hell now attracting tourists and spiders.
1: Have you heard of Turkmenistan before you got this story? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm just checking. I wasn't (laughs) running you down. I'm just like... Do you want help with the long words this week, or do you think you've nailed crater?
2: I do have the word crater in this story. (laughs) I might need help. (laughs) Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction, and this is definitely the case with Darvaza Gas Crater, a gigantic, (laughs) eternally burning pit. In the middle of the Turkmenistan Desert, is it is known colloquially as the Gates of Hell. Well, you don't want
1: that in your backyard, do you? No. no. Yeah, if you would just want to do a left there by the rosebush, go past the tree, you'll see the Gates of Hell just on the right. Don't open <laughs> them and just keep going. You'll make it.
2: Uh, Dylan Thuris takes us through the history of this fiery hellmouth as part of Atlas Obscura's 100 Wonders series. In 1971, Soviet geologists were drilling for oil when they accidentally set up a rig over an enormous cavern of natural gas.
1: Isn't this a horror story? I've seen this. This is the thing, isn't
2: it? The rig punched through the earth and the desert floor collapsed, taking the rig with it. The newly formed crater was now leaking methane gas, so the Soviets decided to set the cavern ablaze and let the gas burn itself off. Big mistake. Over 40 years later, the crater is still burning. Wow. A few years ago, the Turkmen president said he wanted to seal off the crater, but the gates are actually starting to attract tourists, which is a boon to a country with a usually tiny tourism industry.
1: Yes, you don't think, oh, I need to go away for a nice vacation Turkmenistan for me this year. I can roast sausages (laughs) by the gates of hell.
2: Well, that's not all the gates are attracting, though. Reportedly, spiders are drawn to the crater's light and heat and dive right into the pit. Presumably, they are trying to reunite themselves with their dark lord, says Thuris.
1: Well, they've succeeded. There you (laughs) go. That's terrible. So, not only have you got the gates of hell, but you've got flaming spiders there as well.
0: Fantastic. Let's all go. Fabulous. What a sight. Fun for all. Oh, that's
1: not what I meant by flaming spiders. What, mincing around in like some lurex and some sparkles? Look at me.
0: (laughs) fantastic
1: gay spiders who knew it's when they're trying to do their cobweb all nicely and trying to get the furniture all you know matching up with with complementary colors absolutely i have one more story here for the round of ufos and cryptozoology it says small dog scares away bigfoot in a new video A man visiting the Asheville area managed to record a strange figure retreating through the undergrowth. The encounter was filmed by Eric Walters of Boone, who'd been visiting Asheville on Thursday morning when renting a cabin there with his wife. He'd been out walking with his dog, Zippy, in a remote... I don't know why, it just seemed like a good way to go. Zippy. That's fabulous. Was that
0: really the dog's name?
1: Yes, the dog's name is Zippy, in a remote woodland when he came across what he initially believed to be a bear. As he took out his phone to record some footage however, he realized that the animal was walking upright on two legs and quickly came to the conclusion that he was witnessing something unusual. It was stealing a picnic basket i quickly realized it was not a bear but a sasquatch he said zippy could tell i was scared and got so riled up that he went on the loose and went after it according to waters the tiny canine actually managed to dissuade the creature which then turned around and hastily retreated into the tall grass by the side of the road yorkies are small in size but bigger than even a sasquatch in terms of their heart he said i've actually seen a yorkie a sasquatch i have seen that he got stuck in his throat and choked it the footage has proven popular but controversial since appearing online with critics arguing that there is too much emphasis on the filming of the dog and that the bigfoot could just be a man in a suit you can look for yourselves on my facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee i've now been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies i have fresh flashlight batteries and my mother has thankfully stopped snoring so onwards we march into the round that is strange and bizarre it's stories from around the world that are too strange and too bizarre not to be read out anywhere else on the show but this round seems to suit them very well so heather you can start for me tonight in the round that is strange and bizarre you are currently on five points and are in second place
0: yay a three-year-old actually recalls a past life as a snake as a snake yeah
1: did he offer a woman an apple at any point no okay i'm just checking
0: <laughs> a young boy in thailand can allegedly recall specific details of his previous life as a serpent and in an apparent case of animal reincarnation a young thai boy named Della wong was Hang three on years- a second yes
1: Della wong yes okay i'm just checking <laughs> mr Della wong or is that his first name
0: I don't know. It's just Delawang. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, Let's say his last name's Smith.
0: Okay. Delawang Smith was three See? years old when he met an acquaintance of his father, Mr. Hugh, for the first time. Despite having never met the man before, Delawang was able to describe in explicit detail a confrontation between Mr. Hugh, who was a hunter, and a snake that he had killed in a cave. The three-year-old provided an accurate account of how the snake had been cornered by Hugh's two dogs before being killed and cooked for food. He even described how his father had eaten a piece of the snake, a fact that both men were later able to verify. So the
1: boy who's a reincarnation of a snake remember getting eaten. remembers being eaten.
0: Yes. Delawang's remarkable recollection of these events was attributed to a fact that he had believed he lived the life of that very same snake in his previous incarnation. The boy even suffered from a rare skin condition that covered his lower body in snake-like scales.
1: He needs some moisturizer.
0: Moisturizer. Coconut
1: moisturizer. It's what's required there. You are now on a resplendent seven. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre?
2: Live exorcism to be held at house from cult seventies horror movie The Exorcist.
1: It's interesting. You carry on with your story. I have a fabulous story to add to that. You go, Fred, right. and I'll get some points at the end of your story.
2: <laughs> as long as that's, I get some, too. That's, well, we can work between
1: <laughs> us. I don't care much for Greg and Heather, to be honest. Let's just give ourselves another <laughs> point, and we'll end up winning. How does that sound?
2: Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> the spooky house once hosted a fight with the devil as Jesuit priests battled to banish evil spirits from a 14-year-old boy, inspiring the 1973 horror The Exorcist and now it could finally be stripped of its demons in America's first-ever televised exorcism. The terrifying TV First, which will take place in October, the day before Halloween, will see a crew from the Destination America cable network scouring the house in St. Louis, Missouri, in search of horrors. In a statement, the network said, No one has ever attempted to rid the lurking spirits and demons that inhabit this home. Until now. By actually exercising this iconic house live, Destination America will do what it does best, bringing never before any, before seen experiences to television. The investigators will be led by the cast of the channel's series Ghost Asylum, better known as the Tennessee Wraith Chasers, Yay. as well as Chip Coffee, who bills himself as a psychic medium. They are also hoping to find a willing Catholic priest to help banish some ghosts. The network promises they will explore each crevice.
1: Well, Chip Coffee's your man. <laughs>
2: Of this home from the attic to the basement to find whatever or whomever using state-of-the-art technology to do daytime and nighttime investigations. So it'll
1: be done tastefully and professionally then. (laughs) (laughs)
2: to document as much evidence as they can of these demonic entities on live tv i get the
1: feeling people are going to watch five hours of nothing happening is what i suspect when in, in we've all got masses of experience of investigating the paranormal all over the world here when has a ghost ever done anything to command and when you wanted it to you always pick up the best evidence when you're picking your nose, or you're walking out the room, or you're, you're chatting about someone yawning. Do you know what I mean? There's never been a moment where you say, I'm going to take a photograph, I'm going to count down from three, when I get to one, you need to appear for me. And then you take the photograph, and you think, oh, look, there's a Dickensian boy. When has that ever taken place?
2: Never. Well, and there's also the theory about exercising a spirit or a, an entity from a room that are th- we i think we all agree in this room that the theory is that the Entities go where they want to go and they can return. So exercising it from there is going to do nothing other than if it wants to return, it will.
1: That is true. I'm of the opinion that what we're discussing here is a non-human entity perhaps, a demonic entity rather than just a ghost who's a little bit unhappy and wishes to throw things around because he's a miserable old man. But uh, I I would think that the darker forces would have nothing to do with that. Why why bother? They've got many other things to be doing. They can go to Liberia where all the Ebola – is coming out and they can go to war-torn parts of Africa and all over the place. They can go to the local Taco Bell. There's far more things they can do. They can hang out at the all-you-can-eat buffet in Jackson Casino, making sure that vegetables... What did I say?
0: You keep saying Jackson and there's not one there. Do
1: you know why? What I'm about to say next and why I was going to give myself a lot of points is that Jackson in Jackson County is just down the road from us. It's not that far away. Right. One of the things that Jackson is famous for... Is that the original Jesuit priest that did those exorcisms in 1947 and Mr. Hallerahan, o. O'Hallarahan, obviously of Irish descent, came from Jackson? I find that remarkable. Of all the places to end up, and if my memory serves me right, that exorcism that took place in 1947 was in Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri. I think it's very odd. You come from a small dairy farming community in the southwest corner of minnesota and you grow up at school and think i know natural career path i'll be a jesuit priest and off you go how do you make that decision how does that even happen how do you then become what did he go to his careers officer in the school and say i'd like to be a jesuit priest and he says well you need a few years you know at the jesuit priest hut or jesuit priest are huss, you know if you get some experience under your belt then obviously you can go on from there how do you make the distinction how's that a career path from being in a dairy farming community in jackson to being a jesuit priest okay just me then (laughs) i have a story here for the strange and the bizarre it says hyena heads snake skins and love potions it's the world's biggest voodoo market hurrah let's bring a big wad of money and get some monkey heads if black magic's your thing you might consider this huge array of monkey heads antelope skulls Dead birds and baby crocodiles are shoppers' paradise. The Marché de Feticheurs in Togo's capital, Lomi, is the world's biggest voodoo market, offering a wide array of weird and wonderful products. Among them is a love potion combining Chanel Number no. 5 and a ground-up chameleon. That's a very <laughs> odd combination, isn't it? You're going from classy to kind of lowbrow. That's like mixing Red Bull with champagne. I think that drink should be invented. We can call it ball pain. Cures include monkey heads, which are thought to be a stimulant, and burning healing boa constrictor skins. Stalls also stock dried IHENA Oh God, I knew Iheena. that was. I knew that was going to call me. Oh, stalls hey, also stock dried IKEA. You were doing so well, Kim. You're back on <laughs> minus five. Um <laughs> stalls also stock dried IKEA heads, elephant tail bones and live hawks. People who practice the voodoo tradition believe life derives from the natural forces of earth, water, fire and air. Voodoo, although associated with Haiti, originated in West Africa and is popular in Togo and the post offices around the Minnesota area of the Midwest. Emmanuel Greco thirty-four <laughs> Controversial <laughs> The photographer who took these stunning pictures said there is a bit of everything a loamy Voodoo Market. I bet you can't get a decent cup of tea though, eh? There is what you'd expect like cow's heads or horse's hair towels. And there is what you wouldn't expect like dead cat's heads. Better, of course, than a live cat's head. Once you arrive, you enter the world of white magic and the spiritual world of Togo. This tiny, unknown, sweet piece of earth in Mother's African hearts. Do these monkey brains taste funny to you? Does anyone ever said that before? <laughs> the clown meat tasted funny. Do you see what I did there? <laughs> I love this show. It's a joy. We move into our final round. It is my favourite round. It is the round that's called not for your mother. It is a round that's only available on SoundCloud and our archives all around the internet. It's the round that we can't read out live on air for fear of having the show removed or for being fined large amounts of money. It's the round that is laden with sexual innuendo and tensions of sexual nature from around the world, the stories that contain things that you would not want your mother to hear. Or perhaps you would like your mother to hear. I don't know where you're living and what your family relationships are like. Certainly small minors should be removed, especially if your name is dopey and you're pressing your faces against windows in South virginia i have a story here that says sex addict makes bizarre claim that he splashed ten thousand dollars of benefits cash on prostitutes a man claiming to be a job seeker who depends on benefits to survive has made the bizarre claim that he splashed out ten thousand pounds of taxpayers cash on prostitutes that's about 16 Splashed out he splashed out on a prostitute apparently you have to pay extra for that (laughs) (laughs) splashed out means you've had to spend some money you've had to I've you know i've never heard that you've phrase, never heard i splashed no. out on a car have you no there must be a britishism who must knew? be nathan's nodding but he's a simulator because he spent three years in Britain eating fish and chips and watching soccer Sex addict Carl Robinson says he spends taxpayers money on call cool girls and escorts, claiming he's been hooked on paying for sex for eight years. Mr. Robinson quit his last job working in a bookmaker's three years ago and claims he's been getting job seekers allowance ever since. Carl claims he splashed 170 pound payments on hookers, relying on mates to help him with the payment of rent and food. He said, I first slept with a prostitute when I was 18 and I loved it. I've been addicted ever since. I used to use my wages on them, but when I lost my job, I decided to use my benefits instead. I don't think there's anything wrong with using benefits to pay for prostitutes. It's my money. Carl says he spends his day searching the internet for cheap escorts. Imagine what they look like.
0: <laughs> to get them from the clearance rack.
1: Yes, if you want teeth, it's extra. Uh, and prostitutes, so he can budget for as much sex as possible. So if I eat ramen noodles until Friday, I could probably squeeze out a hand job. Typically, he uh, spends 50 pounds for the services of the women and because he lives with mates who don't ask him to pay rent robinson has no plans to get a job luckily i live with some mates who pay rent and feed me and allow me to feed my addiction (laughs) i managed to get in at least two sessions with a cool girl a week and more if i managed to get hold of extra money you only live once and i don't want to regret anything when i'm older john betjeman the famous poet laureate in britain i don't know if you've heard of john betjeman probably britain's most famous ever poet lived to a ripe old age and his final interview on his death rattle when he was in a wheelchair in his 90s they said what do you regret in life and he said i wish i'd have had more sex there (laughs) you go it's true enough you only live once and i don't want to regret anything when i'm older my family and housemates don't know what i get up to they will now you're all over the newspapers
0: Yeah,
1: even though the girls come to my place for sex they just think i'm very good at pulling (laughs) (laughs) what at pulling are you Greg? At, are you Greg at pulling? <laughs> are you good at pulling, Greg? Nope. No, okay. You know what it is to pull a woman. What is it? Have you not read any British?
0: I know this what it is, is, is when Britishism, man evidently. pulls.
1: No, it's not pulling. As in like pulling like tugging no it's i've pulled a woman i pulled a woman it's it's get your coat get your coat you've pulled you've never heard that expression no nathan's pulled a few muscles (laughs) chief executive jonathan isabee said taxpayers will be appalled that their money is being spent in such a liberal fashion on prostitutes it's not for the government to tell people on benefits what they should spend their cash on but when claimants make details like this public the authorities are well within their rights to question their commitment to finding work this is a distribution of wealth i tell you it's fine he's just
2: getting even with his ex mrs robinson
1: that was actually a very funny joke here's to you mrs robinson heather what have you got for me tonight in the round of not for your mother
0: you will be surprised. I don't have any willy stories this week.
1: No willy stories. Mm-mm. I'm almost disappointed. I know, right? Nathan did this, like a good willy story.
0: This is this is better. How? Mm. What
1: could possibly be better than a willy story?
2: A wanking story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll have to edit that out. <laughs> That's just cost me $10,000. I'll be taking that out of your wages, sir.
0: Texas judge tells defendant... Hang on a
1: second. Hang on. If we can't have a Willy story, how can Nathan interject and say, well, we could have a... I'm not going to say the word again. Surely the two are, are kind of go hand in hand. Isn't it? It's like salt and vinegar and fish and chips and...
0: He was guessing and he was wrong. Okay. Why are you still on it? <laughs> I'm just
1: wondering why we, you know, I, I, you can't have one without the other is what I'm saying. Nathan should have realized... Well, if we not, have neither. No, we have none. Yes. We don't have any tugging stories and we don't have any willy stories. And
0: there'll be no pulling. no. Okay. (laughs) Right, at least
1: until the show's finished
0: Texas judge tells defendant in an assault case The sentence is marriage or jail
1: Jail (laughs) Put the cuffs on, I'm going down
0: A Texas judge decided to hand out justice in an unusual fashion When he offered a defendant up for sentencing In a minor assault case The choice of getting married or going to jail for only 15 days
1: Wow, so a lifetime of servitude or 15 15 days of TV playing pool and getting a nice laying with a bit of porridge.
2: Get your tooth fixed on the state. (laughs) Perfect.
1: That's a tough one, isn't it? Let me think.
0: Justin Bundy, 21, decided that marrying his 19-year-old girlfriend Elizabeth, Hannah Janus, was a whole lot better than a short stint in the slammer.
1: I am never... Ever gonna date or marry a girl with the last name of Janus because Janus is the god of two faces, it means two faced. Really, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and the god of doorways, but uh, that, that seems to be <laughs> relevant for some reason. Yes, Janus was the god of two faces. Would you marry a woman with the last name of two faces? No, okay, I just thought I'd check.
0: I just wonder what would have happened if Hannah had said no. Had we said, you know, judge, we would like to get married on our own terms with our, our own teams. Yes.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) Janice told KLTV their quickie courthouse wedding before a justice of the peace wasn't the one she dreamed about when she used to watch the TV reality show about a bridal salon, which was say yes to the dress. We weren't going to be able to have the wedding we wanted, she told the station. It was going to be a kind of piece together. I didn't even get to have a white dress. Bundy was up for sentencing in July on an assault charge for belting his girlfriend's ex in the jaw. He accused the former boyfriend of uttering insulting terms and remarks about Janus. Smith County Court Judge Randall Rogers... Does my Janus look
1: big in this? (laughs) I'm just saying. Do you know you cannot take a girl up the aisle? Did you know that? Because if you look at architecture of churches, the aisle is actually the two corridors either side of where all the pews are. It's not going down the centre... The aisle is actually the two passages down the side. So in actual fact, you are taking a girl up the central passage, if you want to term it correctly. I just thought I'd share that with you. Thanks for that random... With my knowledge of Gothic church architecture. Absolutely. I knew it would come in useful at some point. Do you want me to talk about Doric and Ionic orders next, or do you want to carry on?
0: No, I don't want to fall asleep quite yet. Greek revivalist (laughs) architecture, lesson (laughs) one. Go on. Smith County Court Judge Randall Rogers asked the young man if she was worth fighting for. Yes, he told the judge. KLTV says a court transcript shows Rogers then offered to sentence Bundy to probation, which would include marrying Janus within 30 days. He only had 30 days to do it. So we've
1: got Rogers and Janus.
0: Attending counseling and writing Bible verses. Wow. Otherwise, he would be sentenced to 15 days in jail. So he chose... Bible verses, a wedding, and counseling, as opposed to just spending a day over two weeks in jail. A fortnight.
1: He needs to have his brains tested. Can he Can he claim that he's mentally ill? Is that possible? Maybe.
0: Uh, he offered me 15 days in jail, and that would have been fine, and I asked if I could at least call my job to let them know, said Bundy. The judge told me, nope, that's not how it works. So <laughs> all he wanted to do was call his job and tell him, well, we be gone for two weeks. The judge said, no way. And he's like, all right, I'll get married.
1: See how that works. Well, that's <laughs> that's so, I'm sure they'll have a long, prosperous marriage. She must marriage. feel
2: very special.
1: Yes. Well,
0: it does go, I mean, there is more lot of Well, if, she may, the if they make it to
1: their 24th anniversary, you can get her an instrument.
0: Oh, God. Uh, they actually got married 18 days after the sentencing, and she said she was so red in the face because people behind her were laughing. The judge actually made her stand up in court. And that was kind of the whole proposal thing. But it wasn't a joke. Actually, his dad had went to several lawyers saying, can the judge actually do that? Do that, And they thought it was a laughing joke. And they said, someone's pulling your leg. But it really was in the sentence. Do you believe it? Do you mom, believe it?
1: Mom, how did dad propose to you? Well, we was in court one day and the judge said, I mean, it's outrageous, isn't
0: it? It's jail or marry your, <laughs> your can mom. Can I
1: just say, I listened. I don't often do this because I've... Other things to be doing throughout the week like writing books i listened to last week's show oh boy i have to say one of the funniest moments that's ever happened on the two and a half years we've been doing this show is the noises we made of a gecko running up running up a wall my gecko's escaping i just i thought it was hilarious it came across very well we have a trained gecko in the room called Colin, and it's amazing. We have a lead on him, and whenever we want Gecko sound effects... And to be fair, in the two and a half years we've been doing this show, it's the first time he's been utilised, so he has been practising for a long time. It's like being on the bench for a play on a, on, a, on a football field and finally getting your chance. But he did a very fabulous job, and I'm very pleased.
0: So I just did a story yes. about jail, Yes. marriage,
1: yes. and you're
0: thinking Gecko.
1: Yes, I thought it was a natural... Okay. You know, a natural progression.
0: How's
2: the ADD?
1: My ADD's going. Oh, Kim, if you got a story for tonight's show? <laughs> in the round of Not For Your Mother.
2: A dwarf pretended to be Dalek by sticking a sucker dart to his head and threatening to kill his care workers. Next time night.
1: Does anyone know what a Dalek is around this table or is it just Kim? It's a
2: his- little alien in
0: a robot body.
1: It's like a little green slimy crab in a robot's body, and it's from the science fiction show Doctor Who, and it's been around since like 1963. It's so ingrained on the British psyche that whenever you see a dialect, even in adulthood, you kind of, you know, brings the hairs up on the back of your neck because it's been ingrained, you know, as a convention that that's scary and it's something you should be.
0: So you see a trash (laughs) compactor and you cringe?
1: Yes, if someone passes me salt and pepper. (laughs) i did notice (laughs) there was a story once i was at a restaurant with a group of people from mensa they were all very intelligent this goes back to the fact that salt is a 23 atomic number for an isotopic sodium and i was thinking of salt related jokes earlier for the life of me i couldn't think of one but i was in a restaurant and on the table the pepper had a little p on it and it had salt in it and the salt had a little did i get that right No, the salt had a little p on it for pepper and the pepper pot had... <laughs> <laughs> it
0: really, How's it going? Do you going? want to start that over?
1: <laughs> it really isn't that complicated a story.
0: I, I get it. You've said it twice. Yeah. The salt, yes. it was in the pepper pot. Yes.
1: And the pepper was in the salt pot these people around this table came up with an idea after 25 minutes about how they could transfer one from the other using a straw some water and a saucer they called over the blonde waitress and said we've come up with this fabulous idea for taking the salt out of this one putting it into this one so this one's pepper and this one's salt and transferring the two and she unscrewed the lids and swapped the lids over <laughs> and that's a true story
0: Oh, I have a salt story.
1: You have a salt story? It's a bit late now. It's Kim's go.
0: Well, no, it's not a story story. It's just a fun fact. Did you know if you're ever confronted by a vampire, you can just throw salt on the ground and they can't do anything? They have to count all the grains?
1: Before they can have a go at you? Yep. I often thought when Lot was leaving Sodom and Gomorrah and his wife turned around and turned to a bit of salt, there was not a moment in his thinking where he thought, I wonder if I you know, had shenanigans where the salt would cause me a problem on my body. <laughs> Okay, just me then, I'm sure. (laughs) Kim, Daleks, Doctor Who, slimy green crabs, geckos.
2: A dwarf has been jailed after he stuck a sucker dart on his head to impersonate a Dalek from the TV series Doctor Who and threatened to kill his carers. Ian Salter Bromley, 55, also filled his mouth with dominoes before shouting, exterminate, exterminate, at two carers in his sheltered housing complex in Hull police officers tased the man twice after a standoff. The incident in Thornton Close got out of hand. He got a target dart stuck to the middle of his forehead and dominoes in his mouth. He was in his wheelchair and said, I'm a Dalek, exterminate, exterminate. He said he took no issue. The police had to be called after he barricaded himself in his room but questioned what threat he posed to others. He is three foot tall, said Mr. Genny. He is a dwarf. He has a Zimmer frame and a colostomy bag
1: it's all going for him isn't it Uh. i often find it very difficult to find shoes to match the bag though
2: (laughs) he's considered not the most threatening figure in the world
1: wow and he filled his mouth with dominoes
2: yes wow pizza Uh. (laughs) (laughs) he did end up getting jailed for nine months and the person that uh, was responsible for getting into jail said I appreciate you are isolated and have an extremely lonely life, which makes you frustrated. But now you have time behind bars to reflect and try to keep your temper under control.
1: Wow. (laughs) I actually um, was uh, christened fairly recently, and I filled my mouth with Alka-Seltzer and pretend that when I was being christened, the devil was coming out of me, and no one thought that was funny. I just thought I'd share that with you. I thought it was a moment of levity (laughs) during a christening, during a baptism. I don't recommend that to anybody. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place. With the K2 meter and the dead battery, Greg stormed into an early lead, but he faltered towards the end. He's now on two points. And in resplendent first place, sharing the $33,000 IR camera, is Kim and myself on seven points. Each because Kim is making dessert after this show is finished. <laughs> Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal. Strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show. And feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail dot com you can also join my twitter account at adrian underscore lee underscore tips and remember that all of our shows are archived on soundcloud under MQTA radio and we actually have another 20 to 25 minutes of the show to go we have a round coming up next called not for your mother it's the stories from around the world that couldn't be read out live on air for fear of getting a ten thousand dollar fine and being removed but they are stories that are laden with sexual intrigue and innuendos so if you wish to hear the last 20 to 25 minutes of this show i would love for you to join me now on SoundCloud. But do remember our archives are one or two weeks behind our live show. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Yiton, drainer Kim and Greg Gore, Nathan Bush, Adam and Sarah, and all at the Wheating Theatre in Toledo, Iowa, and the International Paranormal Society at intparanormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group, MUFON of Minnesota, and Jesuit Priests, are us. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening. And remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.